Hello and welcome to the Wild Cornwall podcast, brought to you by Cornwall Wildlife Trust. Today's episode is the final one of season two, and it's all about dormice. I went to Redmore on our Helm and Tor Nature Reserve to meet with Laura Snell, our conservation officer. I'm afraid you'll hear quite a lot of rain during the interview, but I hope that won't interfere with your enjoyment of hearing all about dormice. Laura, welcome to the Wild Cornwall podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Tom. Really good to be here. <laughs> good, good. And we are, um, at the moment, in a bit of a rainy Helmantor nature a, reserve. A, bit of a downpour, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in the Redmoor section, and really excitingly, we're talking today about dormice. Which we are, yeah. I've been looking forward to, because they are very cute, but also fascinating creatures. They are, yeah. I mean... Anyone who's seen a picture of a dormice knows that they are ridiculously cute, charismatic creatures. For those of you who don't know what a dormouse looks like, it's a small mammal, um, honey-coloured, with a lovely fluffy tail. Brilliant. Well, I'm hoping we might even see one today. We hope, so hopefully we'll see one That would one be today. amazing. Just before we get into dormice, can you tell us a bit about your role at Cornwall Wildlife Trust and how long have you been doing that and what do you do? So I've been with the Trust for about two years now um, and I'm a conservation officer. I get involved in all sorts but my main area of work is um, in relation to the county wildlife sites. So we have a network of um, sites across Cornwall called county wildlife sites. A lot of them are privately owned and um, I advise landowners on how to look after them and protect them and enhance them. Right, great. Are you enjoying it? I love it, it's a dream job. For as long as I can remember, I've loved nature. I've got vivid memories of being out in the woods, building dens, looking for toads under stones, um, going rock pooling at the beach. It, it's, it's in my bones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and obviously we're, we're wanting to focus on dormice today. What for you makes them such special creatures? What, what is it about dormice? Apart from how cute they are, which you're not supposed to say things like that <laughs> as an ecologist, um, they, are, they can be really important indicator species for healthy habitats. So in a woodland environment, if you've got dormice, it can tell you that you've also got other nice wildlife too, and hopefully it's thriving. What about dormice's conservation status? I understand that there's been a decline in recent years. Are there species we should be particularly concerned about? Definitely. They, um, they're fully protected under UK wildlife legislation um, and they're also um, on the UK um, mammal red list and they're listed as vulnerable on that list, which means they're, vulnerable, they're at risk of extinction in the wild. Um, and what's really concerning is in the last review of kind of dormouse um, conservation status and how they're doing, since the year 2000, we think that they've declined nationally by about half so definitely cause cause for concern with dormice that's a huge decline it it is huge and it's mirroring a decline in nature really across the board so what about them here at Helmantor or or in Cornwall more generally is there is there hope for dormice so in the mid Cornwall Moors area so where we are at the moment um with our Helmantor um reserve complex they are at, there is actually a stronghold here and they seem to be doing reasonably well. We've got a lot of woodland and scrub habitat in this area that they, that they thrive in, well connected. Um, in Cornwall more widely, they tend not to occur further west, um, okay. so there is kind of a limit to their distribution. 
Um, but definitely in this, this area, that it's a bit of a hotspot for them. Yeah. So what things are Cornwall Wildlife Trust doing to, to help monitor dormice? What, what are we doing? So on our Helmantor Reserve, we have um, box schemes in place. So we've got a scheme here on the Redmore side of the reserve, and we've got another scheme on the Barini side of the reserve. And we put up boxes. They look a little bit like a bird box on, onto a tree. The hole's in the back. And they basically mimic a, a cavity or a hole in a tree. Yep. And the dormice use these and they will go in and they will nest in them or sleep in them. And we check these boxes monthly um, for the presence of dormice and to see if they're breeding during the active season, so between April and about now, October. Okay. And, and we're just looking at a box now. If, if someone were just to come here and spot a dormouse box, are they okay to take a peek inside or is that not a good idea? What, what? We say no, don't go and peek at them. You actually need a um, licence to survey for dormice, so you need to be with a person who's got a survey licence because they are legally protected. Yep. Um, so you, if you're monitoring the boxes, you need to be with a licensed surveyor, really. So try not to go poking around don't, if don't you see go any looking boxes. Around. Absolutely. <laughs> and tell us about you know, their, their life and... and their hibernation habits and you know what what's a year in the life of a dormouse like so they are unlike a lot of other small um, mammals they do hibernate so when they hibernate they go onto the ground and they build a nest mm -hmm. and the, the they hibernate on the ground because it gives them stable temperatures um, for when they're they're asleep um, and they'll stay in hibernation till about April May weather depending when they come out of hibernation they leave the ground because they prefer to be arboreal so they won't they don't like going to the ground when they're active and they need lovely connected understory and scrub to move around and feed right and arboreal for our listeners is so they're tree dwelling tree, above ground yeah, yeah. yeah and we're we're here is this this is a hazel tree this is a hazel yep hazel yeah. yep and cl classically they are called the hazel dormouse or the common dormouse um which is a bit misleading because they aren't common <laughs> and they they do feed on hazel but that's not the only thing that they feed on they need a wide variety of different food sources throughout the year yeah. hazel's particularly important um at this time of year when they need to fatten up before hibernation okay and when do they when will they go into hibernation um it's often triggered by weather mm -hmm. so um if it gets colder down in Cornwall we do get milder winters but we tend to cut off our monitoring at the end of October yeah. simply because we won't find them beyond that yeah. time. The chance of finding them is lower. And when they nest in on the ground, are they? how, how much are they at risk? They, they are vulnerable on the ground and you do hear um, of um, circumstances where people have uncovered them and mm. they're just sleeping exposed on the ground they do make themselves very camouflage with they they will they will weave a nest and they'll bring in um, surrounding vegetation to cover it so so they are very camouflage on the ground but obviously asleep in winter and not being able to wake up and run away quickly does make them quite vulnerable yeah <laughs> uh, um, and just thinking about our sort of broader plans for Helmantor nature reserve which we've talked about on other episodes of, of the world Cornwall podcast to do with our rewilding plans how will that sort of affect dormice and help help their populations here? I mean, it's a, it's a delicate balance on this site because we've got open habitats, 
we've got scrub habitats and woodland habitats where the dormice reside and we need to cater for them all um, but with the rewilding plans especially the creamy farm site I've no doubt that that will be creating networks of scrub and you know well-managed hedgerows that the dormice will really benefit from yeah, yeah. so Hopefully we'll, we'll see some positive results. Yeah, hopefully our, our we'll be providing better connectivity for them into the Creamy Farm site and, yeah. and, and into the wider landscape. Great, mm -hmm. that's exciting. And if someone was, was listening to this and thought, actually, I really want to, to do my bit for dormice and wildlife generally, do you have any thoughts, anything they could do? So they can donate to, to our Helm and Tor Appeal, for example. You know, the reserve managers are working hard on this site. In this very woodland, they've done coppicing, so that's a um, practice that's really beneficial for dormice because it rejuvenates the understory, creates that dense structure that they really love and need to move around. And um, so we've got coppicing going on. Or you could volunteer. Um, last year we had um, volunteers helping us put out. We put out over 150 new dormouse boxes with the help of volunteers, which is brilliant. Oh, wow. so, How many volunteers do you get out well, here? Yeah, we we got um, last year with the. I think we had nearly 10 helping oh, us but, and, and that was really helpful because they're heavy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're trekking them over difficult terrain so that was really you know a helpful thing yeah. and we also take out um i train up volunteers for their dormouse license um and we bring people along on checks as well if they ever want to see a dormouse <laughs> and so when you're checking the boxes do you ever find other things in, inside? Other, other creatures use them? Absolutely. Um, so I've found a toad toad in dormouse boxes. We get a lot of breeding birds at the beginning of the season. Um, I've had hornets, um, bats yeah. and bumblebee nests as well. So okay. as well as a lot of slug and, and wood lice, yeah. um, <laughs> spiders. <laughs> Lots, lots of different animals use, use these boxes. Wood yeah. mice, pygmy shrews, um, all sorts. So what, what's it feel like when you open a box and you see one inside a, a dormouse? What? I never get tired of doing a dormouse survey. Yeah. It's like hunting for treasure. And, and when you open the box and you see ooh, the hint of a nest, um, there's nothing like it. And, and if, you, if you see movement, you're, it's squeals of excitement, <laughs> even though I'm, you know, middle-aged. <laughs> um, it's, it's a lovely, lovely thing to do, mm. a dormouse box check, yeah. Um, and then we weigh them and we sex them, um, and it all feeds into the National Dormouse Monitoring Programme, which looks at dormouse trends nationally. So we're helping with the bigger picture and also at the local scale, helping to inform reserve management. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about the difference between dormice and harvest mice? Are yeah. they easy to tell apart? Yeah, so um, dormice live in the woods and the scrub here on the reserve and the harvest mice tend to live in the tussocky grassland where they weave their nests in dense grassy tussocks. Um, harvest mice are really tiny. Um, they are a kind of goldeny colour, but they don't have a furry tail like a dormouse. Mm. Um, they're much smaller and, and occupy a different habitat, although they can be crossover at woodland edges where you might have tussocky grassland and scrub. Um, there can be crossover with the habitat there with yeah. a dormouse and a, and a harvest mouse. Okay. Can we go and have a look at some boxes? Yes, let's That'd go. <laughs> So this is number 48? Yeah, this is box 48 and we have about 100 in this stretch um, of woodland. Um, and what we do is, um, when we approach the box, we have a rag, yep. handy rag. This is a dust rag, very yep. technical. <laughs> um, and we pop it in the hole in the back. 
to stop it from escaping. To stop the dormice from yep. escaping. And then I will slowly lift the lid to see if there's any sign of activity. So the suspense as we open it up. So we do have an occupant in there, but it is a wood mouse. Oh wow. <laughs> and you can tell that it's not a dormouse because the colour. Yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> wow. Oh, it gosh. just jumped out. <laughs> and no furry tail. No furry tail. <laughs> but lovely to see a wood mouse. So another occupant. Is that okay that they're they're taking the dormouse boxes? Are you happy about that? Um, or? <laughs> Not really. No. <laughs> so I will often boot them out if, yeah, yes. if they're in there. So you're all right that we've sort of um, that's um, fine. And and they're evicted. It. He's been evicted, <laughs> but um, if they're breeding, I'm a bit of a softy and I tend to leave okay. them. Um, yeah. But this time of year, um, yeah, and they'll often jump out in. Anyway. Right, like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So what's this, number 41? Okay, that has got some material in it, but, and a nut. This looks to me like another wood mouse nest. Okay. Um, dormice weave a very, a grapefruit-sized um, nest yeah. with um, woody material, things like honeysuckle, they yeah. can use grass and they'll weave a tight ball. And then they bring in material, like le leaves, as a shell around right. the outside. So you can actually tell from so you can tell what, a classic what's in it. Nest, yeah. Although they do sometimes fool you, um, sometimes you'll just find them in there with a little bit of moss, a few leaves. They haven't built a classic nest, but okay. they might just be using the box for sleeping or yeah. earlier in the year. Um, a classic breeding nest is, is a very tight woven core. Yeah. Okay. So we're in a lovely area here. It's got lots of dense scrub and understory, yeah. um, and you can see the network of the matrix of branches that the dormice will be able to use. Yeah. Um, a variety of different food sources, and that's that's where they thrive. We're obviously talking about dormice today, Laura, but what what other wildlife do you love seeing on this reserve? I mean, I'm very biased about this reserve because I live close by, yeah. so I come down here all the time. Um, and I've seen all sorts, um, from foxes to deer, um, grass snakes, common lizards. Right. I've been lucky enough to see the marsh fritillaries. Yeah. So, this whole reserve is kind of a playground for me, really. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what about um, the thought about bringing beavers here? Is that something that excites you? I mean, I'm beyond excited about beavers <laughs> on this reserve and I, I really, really hope it, it happens. Because yeah. you can see just walking through the benefit that they could have here and that yeah. it's just ideal. <laughs> um, over here. If you left me now, I'd be completely lost. <laughs> you know, people often say this to me because I've been doing this for so long. Yeah. I know the lay of the land, but um, yeah, people often say if you left me, I'd have no yeah. idea where I am. <laughs> I think I'd be wandering around in the woods for hours. 
So, this is the one where we had some babies. I'm going to get my bag out and I'll probably, I might get it down because I know there's a nest in there. Okay. Three. Yeah. Oh, no, we've got somebody. Oh, wow. There we go. Oh, wow, we've that. got a young oh, dormouse amazing. come out. Amazing. There we go. Oh, they're lovely, aren't they? So, so how a, young do you think this is? This one's a juvenile, right. and I, I checked this box last month, and yeah. they had literally just been born. Oh, okay. Amazing. So, oh, wow. We've now got an active juvenile dormouse. Look and at that tail. And the juveniles tend to have um, more grey fur. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So we've got a lovely juvenile there. Yeah. It's looking okay. Just check there's nobody else at home. <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll just weigh. Yep. Because if they're under a certain weight before hibernation, there's a chance that they won't survive the winter because they've okay. got enough fat reserves. Yep. So that tail looks very strong. Like yes, uh, yeah. Used to help them when they're up in the trees in the scrub. Yeah. And very fluffy. So little one. You're lively. Very lively. Roll sleeves up because the they will often, you often get escapees because they're very agile. They think yeah. your hands are a tree trunk or... <laughs> I'm just going to take this. No, indetermined sex, Not but because it's small. too little. Too small to tell. But we'll weigh. There you go. Oh, look at that in the bag. So cute, aren't they? Amazing. They're absolutely incredible. And to think that their population halving is absolutely tragic, isn't it? I know, it's, it's shameful, it? isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but all the more what you guys are coming out and doing here is fantastic, isn't it? We're trying to look after these little... Yeah. ...little lovelies. Okay. So this one's 11 grams. So he's got a bit of fattening up to, to do. do before, yeah. Before... Um, winter yeah let's let's hope he fattens up on some hazelnuts yep and survives so putting him back now putting him back him or her because oh, we yeah, couldn't we couldn't, we couldn't work sex. out we couldn't, couldn't determine pop him back onto the box back on the tree And wish, wish it well for winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, eat lots. Fatten up, little one. Oh, well, thank you so much for showing me one. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we saw one. I'm really glad we got that to see one. Absolutely lovely. A little juvenile. So just as we walk back then, final question for you, Laura. Um, I want you to imagine that we were, we were putting you on Loo Island for a year. Um, just to have a relaxed 
bit of time off and uh, you're allowed to take three things with you. So I'm going to give you a some, some Cornish edible. Um, I'm going to give you a book and uh, a luxury item. What, what would be your things that you would take? Okay, so growing up, in Cornwall, Cornish lass, I, I can't not say pasty for okay. very good. I was raised on pasties. <laughs> um, <laughs> what kind of pasty would you be taking? Oh, well, I've, I've gone veggie, so it would probably be a cheese and onion. Cheese or, and onion, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, what about uh, your luxury? My luxury item, item, I would take a my camera. Oh, right, um, yeah. Because I love photography yeah. um, and I could take pictures of all the amazing wildlife on New Island. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, what about a book? What would, you, what would you be taking with you? So a book, I'm the kind of person that I read a book very quickly. So yep. I think if I took a book, I'd read it within a week, <laughs> I'd be really bored. So and you've still got 51 weeks left. And I yeah. Still, yeah. So I, I thought, oh, maybe I'd take a journal or okay. a blank notebook. Yeah. And maybe I'd write a book about my time on the island. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Oh, well, Laura, thank you so much for showing me around this incredible site, part of Helwyn Tor Reserve I've not been to before. And most of all, for seeing my first dormouse. You saw a dormouse? Incredible. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Thanks for all the work you do for them. Thank you. And thanks for coming out and helping me. Not at all. It's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers. Thank you, Tom. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to Laura talking all about dormice. And if you want to find out more about volunteering or donating to the Rewilding Helmantor Appeal, you can find all of the links in the show notes. If you'd like to make a visit to Helmantor, do make sure you download the Wilderness Trail leaflet. Again, the link to that is in the show notes. That's all for now. Thanks for listening and we'll be back in 2024.